Welcome to Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see the written introduction for a second, and I panicked you for panicked. half a second. I was you, like, what do I say? But I don't then, even know how many, because I broke this up into seasons, and I re- the, re- the count restarts, and I don't have a legacy count for yeah. our episodes. It's funny that we still rely on it. <laughs> I mean... It's just makes us pros, though. You know, it's like voiceover. Voiceover right. people don't memorize, right? I guess not. There's no way. Maybe. I mean, that's a good question because that's like the. I think for commercial voiceover, you don't definitely memorize shit. I mean, probably, I always, whenever you see footage of people doing voice acting, they're straight up reading off of the page. Yeah, a lot of times they're reading. I think maybe some of the animated stuff, some of those people probably get off books so they can play a little more. That makes more. sense, yeah. But. Definitely commercial. You ain't memorizing any no. of that. No. What are you going to memorize? Car commercial? <laughs> Bullshit. Instead of, it'd be fun to meet somebody. You know how, like, when people say they do Shakespeare, that, like, they'll remember it forever? Like, they can always, like, t- you've met those actors. They're like, yeah. they can recall it real quickly. They're Shakespeare. And I'm like, I did Shakespeare once. I think I've mentioned it on here. But, like, I was like, immediately, I'm not that kind of actor. Like, I. Who did you play? I played in King Lear, I played Kent. Okay. Great never, fucking role. Never saw King Lear. It's, I'll tell you right now, great play. Yeah. And that is a damn good part to have. And I wasn't supposed cool. to have it. What? Uh, <laughs> I don't think you did tell me this. Oh, right. I might have, maybe I cut it out. It was a previous episode. Ooh. Oh. Uh, yeah, shit gets cut. Sorry if I forgot. Listen, <laughs> I have to read this thing off of a paper. I forget a lot of shit. Oh, I don't mind you if you forget <laughs> um i think i did cut it because i think it was in the ghoul episode we talked about sleep no more wait so recently you said this yeah it went right out of my brain i'm sorry Who cares it was more i was more focused on sleep no more got it because sleep it. no more i thought was hamlet and i remembered it's not it's macbeth oh. and that's why i knew that because st- i know macbeth a lot and i don't know hamlet got it um but in that i just Briefly mentioned, I was in King Lear, but I played Kent because I was cast as being like a like a sort of like an ensemble. So I had three characters. I was playing like a soldier, something else, and a king, right? Yeah. And then the guy that was playing Kent was like a kickboxer, and he hurt himself. And it was like two, two or two, all maybe only a week and a half prior to us going on stage. Oh, I was because I was told I was going to be an understudy, but I was like, yeah, but this he seems pretty determined Unlikely. to be there. Yeah. But then he was so in so much pain he couldn't do it. So I stepped Holy in shit. a week in a week and a half before we got on stage. Probably the fastest I've ever been off book on something. Especially, I was going to say that's especially insane. Shakespeare. And I was like very. I don't consider myself very versed. I don't find Shakespeare easy yeah. uh, at all. It seems hard. It seems and hard I don't, shit. Yeah, and I don't love it. Like, I don't have, like, a, a uh, an immediate reverence or love for it as, like, yeah. a lot of people. I have a large respect for it, of course. Sure, sure. But I don't go, like, gravitate toward it and be like, ooh, can't wait to speak in, in, in <laughs> right. Hammond or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, I can't even say that word. But, <laughs> yeah. but it was a great experience. I played Kent. It literally was probably one of my greatest onstage experiences of my That's life. That's awesome. Uh, playing that character it's definitely a good like play it's i want to see pretty it. amazing and then you know one of my favorite filmmakers kura kurosawa made a an adaptation of it called ron and it's wonderful oh sweet um but uh, how, did, how did we get here oh man <laughs> we just go we just go we do that is part of the sh- podcast you just go i never look behind me <laughs> on this show <laughs> uh but 
I did cut out. We talked about sleep no more, and that was cut out yeah. of the ghoul because I, I referenced the play. It was wrong, and I was like, I'm not going to let anybody hear that. Now they're hearing that I made that mistake. That's okay. But whatever. It's a cool experience. And also hearing how much consideration you put into the podcast. I try my best. That's all I can say. I try my best. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know how we got here. I don't know, dude. We're just waiting in this water. Uh, I really like, I'm trying to like find a segue back into the show and I can't find it right now. It's it's pretty crazy. Well, I guess, I mean, did you want to talk about the email first? Yeah, we just have an email on this there episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's my smooth transition. Uh, we this this email comes. Um, so this is a segment of oh boy, oh boy email. But also, I want to give it to also a sub a sub um, segment of hell if we know. Yeah. Um, because it addresses something that we really don't know. Um, this comes from Richard Pittaway. This email is called German Time. <laughs> And he's directly addressing um, our lack of knowing the German language. Great. And in the dead, um, there is a lot of German-like language used that's not translated. It doesn't do a classic thing where somebody that doesn't know the language just puts, like, translated from... Those little brackets in there. Yeah, and then on the bottom we'll say it's translated from this language. They straight up put German in the book, which we've actually admired. We've both... Oh, yeah, I don't mind that. It's very, yeah, it's very cool. It makes you go like when you're, especially like when you watch something that has a foreign language, I think we referenced like sometimes you have like a scene or a moment that doesn't get s- subtitled yeah. and it really immerses you and yeah. puts you in that a little more. So I thought that was cool. But in this uh, segment of Oh Boy Email slash Hell If We Know, German Time from Richard Pittaway. Dear Hellcasters, <laughs> so the dead includes long passages in German which do not translate, so I thought I'd give you a handy guide. Translation is a somewhat individualized thing. However, because the German word can have connotations which are strictly spelled out in direct translation. For example, in chapter three, Vort, Vort, I might need you on here just to like pronounce some sure. of these emails. Vort, I could try. I don't I, I, I just think you're better at me than that immediately. <laughs> Vorsek, which is V-O-R-S-I-C-H-T, pronounced Vorschick, where the KH is the scratchy back of the throat guttural that German is known for, okay, can be translated as warning, like Google Translate does. However, it would be better translated as look out, in my opinion, because warnog is the German word closer to warning, and zuchen, Z-U-C-H-E-N, is the verb to search, and vor means in front of. All right, right. okay. Look Look in front of you. Yeah, look in front of you. Look at this. Take (laughs) a closer look. Whatever, yeah. Great. And then he has a couple of other uh, translations that are directly to the dead. Um, In chapter two, um, this is what Johann says. Natlich or das alles vor der Vordemir Vertangunga. I thought you said you didn't speak German. (laughs) Yeah, let's. You act like I am speaking perfect. That's incredible. All the listeners will believe it. No way, dude. Pinaway is rolling around right now in anger. Uh, probably yes. (laughs) He says naturally that was all before the reunion. I don't. I don't have the. Do you have the issue up right now? Yeah, I'm fine. Trying to find the context of that real quick, without. Well, it's like it's like when Liz wakes up from sleeping and she follows. She like hears muttering and Mm -hmm. finds Johan looking at some like 
machinery. And he's saying, I, I think that's what, that's the part that he's referring to. Um, let's look. On Hoopla, the pages. But these are just examples. It's not everything, so it's okay. But it sounds 63 like. 63 on Hoopla. 60, yeah, I'm looking at 63s. Oh, okay, I see. It's when he, she first walks in and sees yeah. him at the top of the page. Great. So, yeah, he's definitely talking to those scientists. So, who knows the And con- he says what? Na- it, the translation is, naturally, that was all before the reunion. So, it sounds like maybe, I don't know the context of what he's talking, but he's clearly talking to those ghosts, yeah. right? That's what's happening? Yeah. And then the next one, do you want to read? Do you have the email? Do you want to read Read the next one Let's next? I want you, we're going to go back and forth on reading the German. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, that's, um. oh, I see, I see. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We haven't, we didn't pre-look up these. We're just going off the cuff. Yeah. So it's so he's okay. Lo- he's looking at the machinery. Yes, sometimes I'm lonely, but I don't think that my German has anything to do with it or that my being German has anything to do with it. Oh, so he's talking to these ghosts and who are also German scientists. So they're probably saying like, do you feel isolated in your team or something like that? And he's like, sometimes I'm lonely, but it's not because I'm German. Probably because you're like a spirit. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah. Did you you read the German part? Did I miss that? Oh, uh, here, I'll I'll give it a shot. I want you to, we have to do it. Yeah. Monk, monk mal bin ich einsam. Aber ich mein, dass ich Deutscher bin, Spitzkin Roy. I don't know how they do double L's in German. Roll it. Like, I'm saying it like Spanish with a Y. Like, Roy. I would be closer to English because that's where we come. Role de Dabier. Fuck, man. I don't know. It's okay. We're trying our best. Sometimes I'm lonely. This is us literally humiliating ourselves. (laughs) This is so sad. Um, (laughs) Your accent seemed, I mean, very stage. Stage performative, right? Accent. If I had to be like, you know, I could play like a Nazi and like a fucking Indiana Jones sketch, not movie, not a movie, just a, a sketch, sketch at UCB about that. Um, then he says, Die anderen sind scheichlich auch einsam oder ich wünschte nur ich wünschte ich konnte. Aren't the others lonely too? After all, I just wish, I wish I could. Aw, so he's talking about the other members of the beach. Yeah, party. about how they're, they're lonely as well. That makes sense. They're all like sort of, in the sense, been labeled freaks. Yeah. Been isolated themselves. They found each other. Yeah. And then that's when Liz is like, what is it? Uh, what's going on? And, you know, the whole discovery of like, oh, you can't hear this, um, which is cool. Should I take a crack at the next one? Yeah, here, go for it. So it's not until chapter three. So we're now jumping into chapter three, his translation. So Johan says, I don't know what the fuck just came out of my mouth. What the fuck just happened? (laughs) What literally just fucking happened? Oh, man. (laughs) Your nose is bleeding and your ears Uh, are bleeding. (laughs) There was like, I don't know. Something's going on. Something weird came out. Like that was like not even close but this is i Yo- liked it this is where johan says where where are where are you been where are you been i don't who's he speaking to in that um then I'm, he's probably i mean i'm assuming he's still speaking he's stooping to the either the scientist or i mean or a gunter or uh without i'm literally trying to 
pull the page up right now. Scientists are speaking to him through like a monitor. They're typing to him. Look out, Johan. Ah. Um, uh, yeah, beware. Beware of what? And then he says, Wo, Wosen, see, Gwesen? Yeah, that's where he's saying, where have you, where where have have you, you been? been? Great. So I guess he hadn't been speaking to them for a minute. Or yeah, or it's in a bigger sense, like where have you been? If you're like where, like where yeah. have you been? If you've just been here, stuck in these machines, maybe uh, yeah. I don't know. Or like tell me what you've seen or something. Okay, and he says, "Ich habe sie gefunden, aber nicht gehört." I am butchering that. I don't know, dude. I think that was closest. <laughs> I, I have no authority I, to say whether it is or not. But we have plenty of listeners that like, will. Okay. Tell us that we're wrong. People. <laughs> but I, he, he says in this, I have felt you, but have not heard you. So, and then okay. he, he has this, he says, C, S-I-E, is the German formal voice. So there's also an implication of a respectful tone to this. However, C is also second person plural, like y'all as the Texans say. Mm. So it is unclear whether he is being formal or just talking to a group. Okay. So it could be either. Could be both. Respect, yeah, it could be respectful. And there's there is a group of them. There's more yeah. than one. So that's a fun little hint. Um, I'm gonna do this last one and then pass it back. <laughs> there's so much in here. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> chapter four. Uh, he's Johan says. Wait, doesn't he say or he's when he says consciously? Oh, sorry. Nick. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I missed that one. You can go for it. I'll take the longer one next. Contes I can't believe we're doing this to ourselves. I, I guess it's C. S I E. Sai. Sai. Nick. Berurin. He says, could not touch you. I'm assuming he's still talking to the ghost here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and here's the a big shoot out at him. A, <laughs> here's a big one. Chapter four. Uh, Johan says, Ja op die dikchen fuchtchen der mat irwelm mit dem suspicion feld konfirt ist. Nine, nine, nine. I know that one. Yeah, the next one is going to be very easy. That. But he said he has his little notes here. Uh, our professor Pitaway says, Yes. Here's the translation. Yes. If the de- density function of the matter wave is configured in the suspension field. So he's clearly just talking Great. specs with these guys. Yeah, this is where he has all of the machinery as like his like backpack of machinery, basically, that he's yeah. conf- like made out of the uh, consoles that he's been talking to the ghost from and stuff. So this is where, uh, where Roger's like coming, like peeking through the big like. Oh, those big machines, machines so he's that working got pushed back in the way. Yeah, yeah, he's like yeah. peeking through looking at him. And he says, this is techno babble. This is a pit away. It doesn't mean anything to me, but a matter the mat, but a matter wave is the way quantum mechanics describes things like light, which exhibits both the properties of matter and the properties of a waveform. Okay. Sweet. Some science behind that. Nine, nine, nine. Alas, ich falsch sind in sind eier idiomten elie. easily translated to no 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 this is all wrong you're all idiots every one of you so he's yelling at his team or is he yelling at the scientists i don't know i think he's yelling at the scientists okay i think he's got to be yelling at the scientists like in just like no you're doing that like i'm 
You're making problems. I, yeah, that's yeah. funny. He's un. He, well, this is what Pitaway says. He says he is clearly upset at this point, and this is the first clear indication we have had that there is more than one viewpoint going on, mm. and they are all addressing the group. So yeah, he's yelling at that. That clarifies group. that he's like it's like too many cooks in the kitchen sort of situation of right. trying to solve the problem. It's like I'm working on this. <laughs> that's very fun. You want to take chapter five and sure. final translations? Sure. Let's see. <laughs> Who knew we were going to fucking these. come into this? It's pretty cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I think this is great. Okay, chapter five. Johan's like, they're going down into the sub-basement where the seraphim is or whatever. Yeah. The bug creature. And he comes out of, uh, Johan comes out of the elevator to see Liz and Roger. And Roger's like, Johan? And then Roger immediately is, starts like blurping out a bunch of German. Uh, that's when Liz is saying like, English, Johan, English. Johan, die communication schleitigen im Komplex werden zerstört, wir müssen die Situation ganz allen in den Griff bekommen. Great. And that translates to the communication system <laughs> in the complex is dead. We are going to have to get a handle on this situation by ourselves. Yeah. So I do, that's interesting because it's like, they think they're still in a state of not realizing he's speaking with these spirits in right. that moment. He's speaking with them. He's having a clear conversation about like just in the moment going like, well, this is the issue. Let's solve it. What we're going to have to do is this. Yeah. And they're like, come on, talk to us. <laughs> yeah. Like, was, and he's like, I'm busy. <laughs> I love it. That was um, great. That was great. I was going to call you Liz again. Oh, that's okay. Because you're my Liz. You're looking at the. <laughs> I'm the Liz. To you're this my Abe Sabian. You're not my Liz. So that's what the fucking. I'm sexist. No, dude. <laughs> you're literally looking at a picture of Liz. It's like so easy to do. He says, I'm here at some point. Or where's Johan? Uh, uh, wait, where the fuck does he say, I'm here? Well, you're. Here we are, you mean? Or that moment? You, you, you oh, have one more between that. Here there. we are. Here, you have one more between that. One more up on translation wise. It starts with un jetzen ullen wird warm sehen. Got it, got Og it. Og un glätschen und bitte und tötenden Strekterin. It was, it was gebracht haben. I'm making this up. It sounds like gibberish <laughs> to me. And now we will God see if our you. liver. Yeah, God bless. What a. Cheesy joke. Yeah, so dumb. Uh, <laughs> and now we will see if our little insignificant quibbles have produced anything. That's fun. Yeah, and just going like, well, we'll see this fucking at the works. machinery. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's like kind of fiddling with the like tubes and shit that are in there. And then he's like typing on a computer as he says, Horse and we are here. We are. Here we are. All right. And then like something's happening, like something's cracking and opening. And he goes, Und ihr Adren habt an mir gesweifelt. You guys doubted me. <laughs> I love that because that's like, See? it's sort of a gloat. I love that. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> ja, Jawal. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Jawal is one of those words. This is a Pitoe saying this. Jawal is one of those words that doesn't translate well. The best I can say is it means um, empathetically yes. Cool. Great. 
That's very cool. That's very great. We love that, Pinoy. You forced. We, we say we'll read every word in the email. I think we really fucking proved it today. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we uh, blurped right through we, it. Yeah, we butchered that old <laughs> language. Um, but he ends his email um, after giving these wonderful translations to give us a taste and flavor of what was occurring further into the, the issues of the dead. He says, in, in other news, the dynamic you describe about the agents who are swarmed with bugs is well known to military types. In the U.S. Army, it is shorthanded as pogs and grunts. <laughs> Grunt is a term which dates back to the Vietnam era, and it's a pronunciation of the acronym GRNT, which stands for General Recruit, No Training. Okay. This was the paperwork designated for uh, draftees who received only limited training and not technical skills. Meanwhile, pogs... Uh, P-O-G-S, or people other than grunts were the career army personnel who were trained in things like aircraft operations or communications. Since they had more valuable technical skills, they were not sent out on patrols like grunts, so they were seen as soft and not as skilled in a fight. And it makes sense for those characters that get trapped down there and they're just there to set up shit. They're not going to fight the the good battles, right? (laughs) Obviously, we we no longer have a draft, but the terms persist as a descriptor of those who fight and those who support. There are, of course, other terms now. Fobbits, door kickers, staff pukes, etc. Staff pukes? Um, Yeah, staff pukes is very funny. Yeah. (laughs) But the core principle that people who sit at desks desks are less prepared to deal with the horrors of direct combat remains. So these agents are probably tech weenies who got caught in a bug swarm of terror and were very much not prepared for the level of weirdness involved. Definitely. Poor poor weenies. (laughs) And it was very poor weenies. (laughs) It was definitely clear in the issue without even knowing this great terminology. Yeah. Um, Which accounts for, you know, says a lot for one, the issues, how good they are. And two, how smart Pitaway is. (laughs) (laughs) And he says in parentheticals, I say all this as an unrepentant pog. I did computer networking in the army, and I know I couldn't handle the daily grind of patrols and combat I saw the door kickers dealing with. It takes different types, but we all needed each other. I couldn't do what they did, but I kept their Facebook running, which (laughs) let them communicate with family so they could reset and go to do it all over and over. Yeah. Well, thank you for your service and keeping them sane. That's such an essential part. I mean, beyond Facebook, like I'm sure you're a very essential part of your TM yeah, I think like, it's not it's, just you know Facebook I mean? that you're probably yeah. keeping live. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a major thing, but not that's funny. all. That is a wonderful. And I wonder he, if people really use on the TV show I was working on for half a second. There was one of the writers wrote like army issue or not army issue, marine issue, birth control glasses, they called it. And it's just like big, thick, dorky glasses, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. That's, that's the only like term that funny. I'm really remembering from. Like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just ends with some German. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Signed so Professor Pitaway. <laughs> <laughs> we butchered all that German. We'll never know. Thank you again for your service yeah, and your wonderful you. emails. Yeah. That was oh boy email with a a big, a big hell if we know. <laughs> yeah. In bold italicized <laughs> underlined hell if we know. <laughs> <laughs> but we love that. Uh that was Super wonderful to get. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Professor. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we're back, we're going to jump right into this. The first two issues slash chapters 
of the Black Flame. Flame. I was going to say flag <laughs> and then I fucked up. We're going to jump into the Black Flame. Hello, listeners. This is your Hellcasters, a.k.a. Crappers, um, coming into your ears during the break real briefly to let you know that we... Really appreciate you guys listening to the show and just want to say thank you so much. And if you have time and want to rate, review, and subscribe where in uh, Apple Music or wherever you guys get your podcasts, go ahead and do that. We really appreciate it. Um, maybe show this to a friend who you want to convince to be as nerdy about Hellboy as all of us, um, that would be really great. Yeah, we appreciate that. And a reminder, if you are using Apple Podcasts to listen to the show and you give us a five-star review, starting with the word boom, we will go ahead and we will read your boom review right here on the show and give you a shout out and praise you because we really appreciate those boom reviews. Thank you again. And let's get back to the show. What do you say, Kate? Yeah. Welcome back to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen, and, and me, Kate Thompson. Oh, <laughs> what? I got excited. I got excited. excited. I'm here too. <laughs> like I would ever forget. Hey. <laughs> and we're talking about the Black Flame. Heck yeah, yeah. not Black Flag, like I messed not up Black a moment Flag. ago. Black TV Flame. party. We're I mean, talking- maybe Black, maybe this guy listens to TV party. Yeah, he just listens. <laughs> It's like a ton of Black Flag. Well, I mean, it'd be pretty cool for the action scenes, I think. That You're probably right. Yeah. And this especially, was... Especially, I was going to say, especially with when we get into it, Roger's new sort of like grown on yeah, personality. He's definitely listened to Black Flag. Oh yeah. my God. So we'll get funny. to that. <laughs> so this but is like on. the BPRD returning to Plague of Frogs as they're like spreading across North America. It's written by Mike Mignola and John R. Cutie. Illustrated by Guy Davis, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. And it was originally published in BPRD, Black Flame number one through six. And that was in September 2005 to January 2006. And before we jump into getting into the Black Flame, I just wanted to clarify for listeners how we're actually tackling this story. Totally. Because when they released the BPRD um, collection, the Omnibuses, Plague of Frogs, Volume 2, they decided to reorder um, Black Flame and War of Frogs. It's, there's a foreword in this, in that collection, by Scott Alley, who explains why. It's really just about like scheduling clusterfuck and just like them yeah. figuring everything out. It's not like a big... R- r- like a revelation of story right, it's not or anything. Like they were trying to, yeah. Like this will convey the story so much better. Yeah, it it maybe there's a little bit of that, but it's a lot of just like, well, this makes it a little more clear, I guess. But so for our listeners, originally the Black Flame was released as six issues, but then we are only tackling five, which started issue two because is, issue number one of the Black Flame was retitled as number one for War of Frogs. So we're not going to tackle that until we actually get to the War of Frogs and we're going to officially go off that publishing date. Cool. We're not going to recon it like they did. We're just going to try to, but that makes sense. That's a little confusing because Black Flame 
issue one was released with the ones we're covering in these yeah. these episodes. But just for clarification, we're going to tack that original Black of Flame issue number one onto our War of Frogs episodes when we actually get to those. Cool. As well, even though War of Frogs number three was retitled the Black Flame Epilogue, and that's how it's listed in the omnibus. We're right. not gonna we're gonna tack that onto our War of Frogs episodes as well. So the only thing we're covering going forward is going to be what we're calling the in the omnibus version is Black Flame issues one to five, which originally would have been published as issues two to six. If you're look, if you're going off of the original publication date, cool. it's something that maybe not necessary, but I think it just clarifies on how we're we're tackling the Black Flame and then eventually War Frogs because it got a little a little muddied a little up mi- there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's at all like something that you like. It's they muddied it up like, <laughs> with all of that. Uh, that's like outside of your control. True, but that's how we're going to do it. Yeah. So, but we'll be moving on now into the Black Flame. Yeah. Well, let's look at this cover real yeah, fast. Yeah, let's check out this. Because we're covering just the first two chapters in this episode. So yeah. chapter one has a fucking awesome cover. I mean, these Magnolia covers are just the shit. They're so I l- cool. Yeah, I love that he chose to do, because we, we've we've gotten in the last uh, two BPRD runs, the Guy Davis covers, which have been beautiful. Yeah. But this is very cool that he's sort of taking a step back with the PBRTs other than writing, co-writing at this point. Um, but these covers sort of keeping, I think it's cool, kind of cool that he's sort of keeping sort of Guy Davis's design a bit, like splitting it up with like one image, then a couple different, but Half, looking at uh, Well, we'll see the skeleton later in this like skeletal remains of a Nazi officer. I think it might with, like, be uniform. the original black flame. I think you're right. From because the it, images in the dossier that we saw in yeah. the dead. And it's like, this on the cover, at least the skeleton has the like its head is framed by the like sort of an outline of the black flame. Yeah, for sure. And which I don't know too much about yet, but it's pretty spooky, pretty haunting, crazy, like pockmarked skull and shit. It's neat. Yeah. And then the little like insert panel has Roger looking pretty rambo with his big ass gun and like a bunch of BPRD like soldiers behind him not soldiers but like you know BPRD guys behind him here and then a weird like frog mouth with some sort of contraption it appears on it which we will find out what that is later in this issue as well but um, it is like it's like what cool like looking at it, it's like the what cover. the fuck is going on yeah <laughs> like, who's that who's that what's that <laughs> like major spark of curiosity <laughs> yeah it really gets you like I don't know. And, and Roger's usually depicted as pretty like calm and cool. So to see him in such like an aggressive stance is different. For I'm going to call him now. I think you have coined what I'm going to call him for the rest of this. <laughs> this is Rambo Roger. Yeah. Yeah. We Rambo had, Roger we had sure. like child Roger and sort of adolescent. And then maybe like we had child Roger, maybe a little bit of like adolescent uh, tween. Yeah. Tween Roger coming up like sort of like after Hellboy left. Yeah. And then meeting Daimium. Now we're definitely getting, we'll get into it, but it, this is definitely Rambo Roger who influenced by Daimia. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's cool. I, I like the way that they use it to characterize, like to give characterization to like three people, like the way mm-hmm. that Roger interacts. But anyway, um, we start off at Zinko, our old friends at Zinko. Yeah. Um, at like a board meeting talking about this and that, uh, 
uh, and how like we're over budget and the, this like CEO goes like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Um, you just have to trust me and my decisions. And then he clicks a button and right off of the, like, right off of this, um, conference room is his huge Nazi memorabilia room. I love this Nazi memorabilia room. (laughs) Yeah. It's so crazy. I imagine this is what. Every mil- billionaire's uh, office looks like, <laughs> just like I mean, oh, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, uh, the, the, it's too uh, real. <laughs> a low blow, this is definitely, like, a low blow would be this is what our president's like, Yeah, yeah, this is our is. president's <laughs> secret. There's like a Trump Tower secret room where he's like, neat, I get to play with my old Zeppelins and shit. <laughs> and um, we definitely yeah. have in here, like, a lot of cool things that stand out. Yes. Um, and this this is Mr. Pope. Um, I, I can't remember his, his first name right now, but... Yeah, I think it's funny. Nazi models is very funny. Like everything right. else seems like fun, like or like actual like museum worthy like artifacts, but just models. I'm like, all right, yeah, like, <laughs> you gotta oh, have did everything. You, you made that, <laughs> but I I think this you is dork. definitely encased as the original black flame. Yeah, um, and then in a jar, I don't know for sure, but that little creepy oh, fucking jar. We also saw very that reminiscent. in the dossier and the dead. Yeah, this thing. This baby thing. Yeah, wasn't it what Damien? It looks similar to what Damien, the monkey with the the uh, the mask, the Japanese uh, like yes, mask. Yeah, very yeah. similar, a little different. So I'm yeah. not sure if it's like in this. Know. We've seen this character with the hat and the weird contraption. Yeah, we've seen that like in the dossier. The sword seems very like you know. It's like things that I love that we're like we're taking note of. Yeah, we might not have all. I love getting. Little like teasers of like what could come, yeah. but we don't know if it will. Like or not. we know they're collecting this, like all that shit, um, as like real Nazis were known to do. You know, just collect yeah. like, uh, like mm, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? Like, uh, uh, mythical kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, but but this is like within this world, they're continuing to do that. I'm gonna go on the record. I think neo Nazis don't are not are not this dedicated to this. I, think, I they're mean, just, they're, I think they're just hateful. They're just hateful. They're not like good, cool collectors like this. They'll just make a t-shirt at most. <laughs> and get punched. And get punched in the face. <laughs> I'm sure they're a lot more sadly, like more order. I don't know. There's, <laughs> those are the ones that are the loudest, but I, I, I bet there's a room like this in some people's fucking, you know. For sure. Oy. Moving on. Fuck Nazis, right? <laughs> and then we yeah. see he's, uh, he hits a little button. And he is um, going to talk to Marsden in research and development. And then we see this little frog, like a baby frog, with kind of tubes and contraptions, like, in this tank. Um, Marsden yeah. is down here working on these froggies. Um, basically working on their language centers so that they can communicate. And he's like, great, that's awesome, wonderful, as he's looking at the Black Flames remains in encased in glass there i love that shot because he's very like it's giving you a hint of without saying but like what his intentions are he's yeah. looking at this thing with such super like reverent, reverent towards, towards it, it. Yeah. it's like okay and then <laughs> um meanwhile at the colorado bprd headquarters um like Abe and Kate are talking. Abe kind of stinks at the office side of it. She's like, why don't you go back out into the field? He doesn't want to. He's got a fucking shirt on tucked into pants. Uh, like plates. A, he's wearing plates. Know, yeah. He's got like khakis. Um, he's, he's like losing focus a lot, which we yeah. can only assume, which will sort of be 
before we get sort of confirmation. It's about the last it, learning like about origin. who you is. Yeah, his own origin a little bit. Yeah. And so she's like, she's like, even if you don't want to talk to me, you can talk to somebody. He's he's going through it right now. And then Johan interrupts. Uh, which, I love his broken English. Pardon yeah. me. Do I interrupt? Do I interrupt? <laughs> I guess it's not technically wrong. No. It's like. But it's. But it's like. It's, it's so like proper. a stilted sort of. And maybe yeah. it's not broken English, but it's like too proper English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like so. Yeah. And then Abe takes that opportunity to be like, I'm out of here. Like, I'll check out the photos. And. He leaves and looks at the picture of his, like, whoever he used to be, his uh, wife. Yeah, Edith. Um, so he's, uh, yeah, he's just examining this kind of in his room. And there's, like, I love the, the desk is there. And the, yeah. Oh, yeah, he shipped the desk. Is that for the same desk? I was wondering. I'm not sure. Or does he just looked- have a nice desk? I'm going to say that it's desk. It's a desk from that house. Because that similar. looks fucking. And it's pretty been fucked through up. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess he's had these things brought to his room and he's just like sitting and looking at it. And that's very sad. Yeah. And he like doesn't know. I, I don't know. I guess he's figuring himself out. He, it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, so back at research and development uh, at Zinco, the frogs are developing. Their language is developing. They got a hold of something sharp and they started carving all of their like their usual kind of stuff into the walls. Like they're they're the things that they've been putting on their little like shrines and stuff like that. I love this interaction between Pope and the scientists because the one's like really excited. And he's like, if yeah. only I could publish. It's like, you and, can't. Yeah. He's like, oh, I know, I know. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm not going to, I wouldn't publish it, but. Um, but wouldn't it be cool if we did? Yeah, but it would be neat, huh? Um, yeah, and then. It's funny, like, I like the one thing that Marston says, like, hmm, Fatim, yes. She's the sneaky one. Like, she would have snuck in the thing that's sharp. Like, it's it reminds me of, like, when you see, like, researchers working with, like, apes or something like yes. that. They're like, these are their personalities. So I thought that was, like, a neat thing to throw in there and add. I think, I think it's very neat, too, but I also think it's interesting that the scientist isn't doesn't have that relationship. Like, the actual guy that's doing the research and development is with them probably most hours. Yeah. But it's this Pope guy who's, you know, being reverent towards this old black flame, and he's the one that's giving them pet names. Yeah. It, it gives Pope this definitely this very creepy feel already. That you're like— He's, like, removed from— the situation, yeah, 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 it's it. It, I love just that that coloring of his character with that choice. Yeah. And the scientist is being still very like, I'm excited, but I'm also, I got, I'm keeping a distance from yeah. it a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like very creepy. Like, this figure is so his face is so like stoic and like stern, it's yeah. like hard to read him. Like, he's not even like he's not like chomping in the bit, he's just like calm and collected. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're just basically talking about like we can communicate with them and Pope's like, this will make my job much easier, like my mission must much easier. And he's like, really, we should put this thing in a jar. You shouldn't pet it. And yeah, you should like, have it I out. have to pet it. Yeah. <laughs> and he feeds him a mouse, which is gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, just I thought like they were already head. creepy, right? The frogs. But mm-hmm. putting that fucking... Um, uh, like the muzzle, the muzzle on it on makes them. it even creepier. Yeah, it's wild. It like centralizes their teeth such so forward and blah. Yeah, terrifying. It's really gross, and like all the little like, um, like chains and nodules and stuff on the back. 
Like it just makes them look very like experimenty. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like the Creek Creek or whatever the fucking battle ape or whatever. Yeah, yes, from, yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's very cool looking. Um, he's also working on armor that it's like you haven't been fitted for your armor yet. He's like, I'll work on that later, you know, but soon and you see like the scientists constructing this armor in the uh, foreground meanwhile roger is chasing down frogs blasting their asses little rambo roger Mm -hmm. he's like leaping over logs chasing down frogs and uh (laughs) leaping over logs jumping up shooting down frogs yeah and then he recognizes this trap basically (laughs) stops everybody from running out to get like two frogs and then like 60 more frogs show up and he's like, fucking light them up. They blast these frogs into oblivion. And we really back. are seeing a different Roger. He's like very collected and he's like, author- he's got like authority. He's like, shut up and watch. Like when has Roger ever said shut up? Before? Yeah. He's been um, a follower prior to this. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Now he's like ordering people to shoot rocket launchers at the frogs. And then they're reporting it back to Daimyo. And he's being kind of modest. But the others, the other like BPRD member is like, oh man, he did this crazy thing. Like, let's Daimyo know exactly what happened. Daimyo gives him a, uh, that's my boy. Jeez, <laughs> who the hell needs me anymore? And like, Roger's so pleased with that. Definitely. So, yeah, it seems like Roger's getting like influenced or like, you know, he like how he takes some personality traits and shit. So it seems like Daimyo's like rubbing off on him and they both love it. Yeah. And I really love that they've established that in only like five pages. Yeah. The growth of Roger. And then they love how much him and Damio's relationship has grown and his influence and all of that. And like, yeah, like yeah. you, like you said, I love them both being pleased with, with Roger's progression into this soldier. Yeah. And the leader. It's very interesting. It's cool. Meanwhile, a Zinko truck <laughs> is pulling up to a mine and they open up the doors, let out these like these like modified frogs that have been that have the like communication sh- shit going on with yeah. them. This is almost cute where the one hesitates and looks back and it's like, it's all right. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he runs into the mine with him. And then we see a thump as <sighs> this thing stomps down. Frogs start emerging like they've they like the other frogs went in. And collected all the rest of these frogs. They're like, come on out. Check this out. And they're speaking to each other in this like deep speak, dark language, demon kind of language. And he's like, you're telling them, aren't you? The master has come and they need to know that. They need to know who I am. The Black Flame. A great shot of him with his arms out. And the frogs all like kind of genuflecting before him and uh, (laughs) reaching out to touch him. And he like walks into the mine like that. (laughs) His arms are stretched out. It's really creepy. And then meanwhile, like the frogs went into a pretty populated area. This is like back, uh, the BPRD is like cleaning up. Apparently Liz had blasted the whole building because they were around so many people. They couldn't really like wait to get evidence or like the writings or anything. And then Liz is like kind of continuing to be a little distrustful of Daimyo and also not really enjoying his rubbing off on Roger. And Johan's just kind of saying like, Johan's kind of like pushing back a little bit almost yeah it's almost like uh, the uh, only way i can equate it without using just a direct like he says be you can be you need to be his friend not his guardian it's very like 
parent like moving like you you're not you're not his parent anymore yeah like he used to be he like when we first we got roger him. we yeah. could yeah now you got to let him go it's like it feels very much parental like yeah language like, of like he's in college he's now learning you, you yeah. gotta let him do his thing <laughs> yeah and liz is kind of like hesitant she's like this you know she's just it's just bugging her and she let her cigarette go out so you know she's distracted as she's walking away from johan an old woman, just with a creepy little smile, comes oh, up to, disgusting, to say thank smile. you. <laughs> hands her this flower, and she's like, thank you very much. And then she's like, out. Vanishes. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the woman vanishes. The old woman like disappears out. into the dust, and then it's like a lotus, I guess. And she like holds, when Liz holds it, she's like, out like a light. Do we have a count for how many times Liz has been fucking knocked, knocked the fuck unconscious? Out? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's if, it's at least like three, right? Yeah, I feel like this is the third time. It's yeah. like if she has a weakness, fuck, she can just knocked out she so needs easily to regain consciousness. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end of the first chapter. It's Whoa, like, it's, it's just a looking cool, pretty dire. Yeah, I love it. it's a lot just set up, but beautifully like. Yeah, catching us up. We already get the feel that time has passed from the last time we read the dead. Yeah, we know the like we don't know how much time, but it looks like a good chunk because Roger has grown. Yeah. Of course, Abe and Kate are back, but now we have this big bold new threat that's just. Ooh, very yeah. ominous. Everybody's and, like dealing with their interpersonal problems, but also it's like, oh, we got to focus on these frogs. They're going to eat us. Yeah, I love that because we did deal with two storylines prior to this that was very much putting those those personal problems at the surface. Yeah. And now we're getting into it where like Abe's not a like not even speaking about it. Yeah. He won't even speak to like Kate about it. So it's like we're they're having to push a lot of stuff down. And just get to the bigger issues. Very yeah. cool and very interesting to see what will become of that. It's will crazy. that stuff come back to the service? What's going to happen? Will it get in the way? Who knows? <laughs> but we're moving on to chapter two. Chapter two. And then another awesome Mignola cover. God damn, he it's gets great. To, it, and it kind of mirrors the first one in that we see the black flame, but this time instead of the, the old, the like, yeah, the completely fucked up Nazi kind of you know, falling apart, dilapidated sort of corpse. It's this new black flame with a bright blue kind of like flame against the black background and this crazy like armor suit armor like, but it looks, it makes me think of almost like a Cenobite or something where it's yes. like this black leather and um, tubes and nails and screws and shit like that. It uh, looks very Cenobite inspired. Yeah, I agree. It's very creepy. <laughs> and then the little like insert just has a bunch of skulls and then one that has like Zinco pressed into it. Which is so cool. Yeah. That, that little detail. Yeah. And then uh, Roger also kind of inserted in there sort of the same color palette as the skulls and everything. Yeah. And just two little, his like eyes are the only like other like bright color, I would say. Mm -hmm. Great um, coloring. Great it's really cool. The like I love the subdued with only Dave Stewart using the blue and that yellow to really pop. Yeah. But the rest is that like that subdued gray gray purplish almost. Yeah. yeah very cool. It's neat. Dave Stewart. And then another little frog, another nice little Mignola frog on there. Yeah, um, gotta love those. As you turn the page, yeah. And then so Liz, we see her outstretched hand again, which was like from the last panel of the first. I love chapter. that mirror choice. Yeah. It's just like we're going right back into it. She wakes up in this sort of like opulent carved chair and is looking through this smoky fog 
at a figure sitting at a table with fire on like in a bowl on the table and some sort of like yeah some kind of like bowl on the table and uh huge carvings behind him but you can't really see too mm -hmm. much and we're kind of like looking through the fog with Liz at this figure who's got these like long sharp fingernails and is looking at this long piece of paper and the last um, time we saw this guy, yeah, if you remember, is in the dossier as well. He was labeled as unknown last seen when like an armory blew up right before. Right, and that's right. The, that's the only time prior that I believe that at this point in issues we've seen him is now we're going to get a full view. Yeah. And we're like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> and she's basically asking him as much like, who are you? Where am I? He's like kind of trying to instruct her. Um and she's like saying things aren't as bad as uh, uh, like things aren't as bad after all, but they are bad and they can be worse. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? He burnt. He seems to burn a piece of the scroll that he's looking at. And then Liz starts it like creates this black smoke that chokes Liz and wakes her up. And she's in a hospital bed in uh, the, like in the BPRD headquarters. And she coughs out a little folded piece of paper, which we'll see is this uh, later is that piece of scroll. It's that such was a fucking wild moment. Yeah. From like you, you're coming from what you assume might be a dream sequence, some supernatural. I think he was writing it with his nails. I think oh that yeah, part yeah, that makes sense. I think that's what it, like you're seeing the last moments. I right, think he's him like writing it. Them out. But to wake up and then cough up this shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's nasty. And uh, uh, Abe is there watching over her along with the doctor. Cut back to the Zinko uh, conference room. The conference table has one of these like demonic drawings on it. Yeah, it looks almost similar to like, it looks like elements of Rasputin's robe. For sure. Without yeah. being like a clear dragon, of course. Yeah. But that's what it makes it's me like, think It's like, this of. is my plan. Like, <laughs> this is my evil Nazi plan. This is very, this has dialogue that's a little bit of its time. I think a little yeah. bit right here when they're, when it shows all the board people looking at it and one of them goes, gangbangers didn't sneak in here. That was put there by someone with a company ID, but this the wordage of gangbangers yeah, is gang so bangers. of its time of the two thousand. I bet. A, I bet. A, I bet somebody on a conference uh, in a conference room like this would still say the word gangbangers though. for sure. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> so they're kind of like everybody in that room is sort of having a discussion of like, listen, we don't know what's going on. Something's up, and then. And fucking Black Flame walks in. Pope walks in dressed as Black Flame. It's just like casting this crazy like dark blue light into the room. Everybody, all these like executives are just staring at him like, what the fuck is happening? Because you don't even know, like if you're one of them, you don't even know that's Pope yet. No, you're yeah. Just you're like, like, what I the fuck is happening? scared shitless. <laughs> and then he sits down at the head of the table, turns off his little tubes and takes off his skull mask and it's pope under there sir is there you have all been fired <laughs> this and just standing there stoically like it's truly one of the funniest moments i think in all of the mignola verse so far it's very very fun. it's like him sitting there with both of his hands on the table like like straight you know like stock straight and nobody knowing even what to say and then they're like you can't do that he's like i own 51 percent of zinco you're all fired Get out of here. Uh, and, I really think yeah. this moment, I, I just want to take a moment to talk about this moment. I'm assuming other people have read ahead in this. I don't want to reveal too much until we get there, but I think this moment actually allows another moment to occur. And I think it's, it, it can appear when you first read this as silly. 
in almost almost like a weak villain because he straight up doesn't do like the Joker thing. This makes me. This really makes me think of Batman One, the first uh the first Batman film by uh Tim Burton. Yeah. Because you remember the when he meets with all the mob guys and then he fries them all or yeah. he fries the one. With the the buzzer on his hand. It makes me think of that a little. Yeah. That you're setting up like, this villain's fucked up. Yeah. But I find it interesting that he doesn't kill them. That he walks in and just goes, you're all fired. You you even gives them fucking severance pay. Right, right. And it's interesting that I do think this is setting up for something to to make it clear another thing that's going to happen in like chapter three or four. Mm -hmm. Because I think if he came in and was like fucking you're all dead or like right. if he called in those frogs and they're like they killed them all yeah. it would it would send us in a different direction and i think this is setting us up in a, for something else which i love is that he doesn't he doesn't do that he comes in and goes like in a sense without without saying it he's like i have a greater i have a bigger cause yeah and it has nothing to do with all of you so right. get the fuck out yeah he's just like leave, leave. <laughs> yeah he thinks and he's, he's saying doing- that just to be like this will make them leave yeah yeah <laughs> like me and marsden we own the company he also has to, I feel like he, you know, if he killed everyone in that room, Marston might be scared. That's off, true. Yeah. Like the R&D guy. So, yeah. So he like, he casts them all out of the room. They all leave. He opens up the door that has all of his little frog friends and they come in. Uh, Marston's like, is this really necessary? He's like, uh, yes, basically he puts on his fucking black flame head. And then we, hey, we got some, uh, like more he's like communicating with this like dark speech yeah got that as good as the germ and now we're communicating with a frog that doesn't even have the headset on and shit yeah he's directly communicating yeah so he's like talking right to them and as he does that the little frog lifts up his head and like the light is sucked out of the room and a black flame emerges from the above the mouth of that frog and Whoa. it is absorbed by the black flame, the man. And Marsden's like, oh, what did I do? Like watching it, which is very fascinating because what we prior so he calls himself the black flame. Yeah. But in a sense, he had not been the black flame until now. Not. Yeah. Now he it was an artificial like, flame. Yeah. It was, it was like from a suit that he had like turned off. Yeah. Like a little, you know, propane thing or something. And and now he like took the soul or something. Out. He like the flame emerged from this frog I mean, the, and he absorbed it. Yeah. And it, now he has it on him and yeah. engulfing his whole like top of his suit. I love how it's just like the flame is not just the head. It's yeah. like on the shoulders and everything. It's, it's really like full. It him. really has like fully consumed him. Yeah. And then that fucking frog is fucking dead. Yeah. The frog <laughs> looks like I remember when I was a little kid, I caught a frog and put him in a little um, uh, like terrarium kind of a thing, like a little plastic box that you keep frogs in basically. Yeah. But I put it outside and then oh, the no. sun moved and then the sun cooked him and he looked just like that. That's he so cooked sad. him like a little frog jerky. It was so sad. I'm sorry to hear it's that. It's okay. That I was sucks. like, oh, I felt so bad. I was like, what have I done? But he looked just like that. So Aww. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, He's all dried out Aww. and crispy. You feel bad for that plague of that plague frog. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, not for these guys so much. Nazi demon frogs. They, they have a coming. <laughs> um, meanwhile, back at the BPRD, um, we have a doctor who's examining the 
scroll that sh- that Liz spit out. They're just kind of talking, and then they they invite Professor O'Donnell over to have a look. Who's like met him. <laughs> the kookiest, and immediately he you know cranks it up to eleven. He's like looking at it. This is scholars writing. If I had to guess, cut the ham, <laughs> and like screaming right away. With, like, these insane bulbous eyes and, like, crazy expressions and stuff. He's very funny. I I love all of this. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's funny because it just feels like his tact is wrong. Like, because he goes, like you said, to 11 too fast, no one really wants to listen to him. Right. He's dead right. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, completely right. Because <laughs> I love what, I love the bottom of the next page where he explains himself. Yeah. Where he's just says, Saduham was the first. He brought the plague of frogs, just as it was written. But the frogs will bring Cathahem, and Cathahem shall dwarf Saduhem. He will be as big as a mountain, and when he comes, people won't just die. The world will start to change. Yeah. (laughs) And then they're still looking at it as though it's like a job, because it kind of is. They've dealt with apocalyptic circumstances before. Yeah. So Liz is like, well, if we kill all the frogs, if... Listen to yourself. If, 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 if. <laughs> it's really great. Like they, he draws such a good, crazy guy. His expressions yeah. are so funny. And then immediately, like another doctor comes over and is like, okay, I need to lie down. But um, I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> it's like lost his fucking mind. I love they write it off too. Like the other doctor's like, sorry, he's not adapting to the new headquarters too well. It's like, no, he just fucking is terrified of what's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are, you guys should probably all be panicking. Yeah. But maybe it's best that you're not. And then they talk very briefly about like, Abe's like, what's up with this guy? He's like, oh, well, he worked at Columbia University's real manuscript script library. And then Liz like is thinking for a moment to herself and then just bolts away and then starts running, runs over to Daimyo's room where he's like doing cupping. Yeah, and I want to have talk you ever about, done that? I've never done cupping. I've seen people's aftermath of cupping. Yeah, have you done it? I have never done it, but I same. I've seen it looks like you had a big octopus on you. Like it's like a circle where your skin is so dark from I guess from the blood going there or something. Yeah. It's almost like bruised, but apparently it helps people with like muscle soreness a lot. Yeah, I've heard that a lot too. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. So yeah, but he's I'll, in there oof. with like candles burning and this man like <laughs> Yeah, just doing. I I don't know what the. I love it's a little fun moment too because she's like, "Oh, sorry, (laughs) damn it, Sherman, learned a freaking knock." My own damn fault. Yeah, she locked the door, closes it right away. Um, I walked in on a boss one time while he was lying face down waiting for a masseuse to come into his office. I'm like, I'm sorry. It was for, uh, well, I, I don't know if I want to like say necessarily, (laughs) Okay, but it was like, I was an assistant and I, and I was just like, oh, like I. I like knocked once, but then you typically he wasn't even in that office. And right. I, I knocked once and didn't hear anything and opened the door and he was like lying face down. He was clothed, thank God. And I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like uh, He didn't address because that's normally what a masseuse would do is knock then enter. Right, right, so right. So he probably just assumed you were the masseuse. And I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I pretty much did like... I didn't did quite do what Liz did, but like almost. And then so she's trying to find out from him, where's Roger? He's like, he's up in Canada. I think he's in fucking trouble. We got to find him. Let's go. And I want to talk about this moment before we leap, yeah, we yeah. leap in forward. I I love this first setup because I think this setup is very, has a lot in it. That yeah. should get our brains going, what the fuck just happened? Because yeah. he shows up and he's on this table getting cupped, but yeah. there are. 
they're like incense or something going on that mm-hmm. seems a little more otherworldly. Where the fuck there's like things hanging from the ceiling that look like hay or fur or something. Yeah, this little old man, uh, little yeah, old. Like I'm assuming flame a- underneath Asian man. the table. Yeah, there's a flame. But after he answers the door, it's all gone. There's no sign of this man, of oh. this table, of the the smoke. He is completely oh, yeah. gone. I totally it's just didn't his even table. See that? And the last shot is they're walking away to discover, find out where Roger is. Is that we, empty office, like empty or, office, regular office? I should say, just nothing out of its place. And I love that because you're going, what the fuck was that? Yeah, then? wait a minute. I love that. Choice. I was just too. I took it too much for granted. I was like, oh, he's getting cupping. <laughs> like his back is no, sore. There's something else fucking yeah, going on. I like totally didn't even <laughs> see that at first. And I love that. I'm and glad I love, you pointed it out. But I, I, I think they purposely do it because in that last frame, they they, they don't move with yeah, our they characters. Sit on they it. sit on it. Yeah. The only thing that maybe should stand out, maybe outside of just a room that's now normal and there's no. There's no Chinese masseuse. Yeah. Is that that jar. There's that jar that he picked up still sitting on that table. Oh, is shit. That the, is, it the, is it the monkey? The oh, kabuki yeah, the little face? thing. Yeah. So there you go. Weird. It's very cool. What I love, the hell's going on? I, I, I mean, yeah, it's if you're not if you're not looking closely, you'd miss it. I love it. I love it. But they're drawing attention with that yeah. last that last panel is really drawing attention to like, hey, hey. That thing in here. Look at this. It's right in the middle. And I was like, bye. And that's <laughs> the first right thing that we've really, I think, with us besides his resurrection. Yeah. That's been supernatural that we associate with Daniel. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, Up what's to this point, going on? It's like, oh, he's just a soldier. Yeah, that has a scar. But is there more to it? We'll find what's out. What's his dealio? But keep going, because we cut then to fucking Rambo a full Roger. Rambo yeah. Roger. <laughs> 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 boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, big fat bullets getting shot out of this. He's just fucking eviscerating them. Yeah. yeah, that gun is that gun is very like spawn. Yeah, like, totally. Fucking, like like a law, like a tall gun. <laughs> yeah, like why is know? it so fucking like, tall? What's happening? <laughs> um, just obliterating these frogs. He's doing it one handed, blasting them, push them to the exits, uh, and then the rest. The BPRD takes care of the rest, and then Roger's like, "Oh, the perimeter will get." the other ones and all this good stuff. He's laying out orders. He's lighting a cigar, daimyo style. He keeps emphasizing like, don't call me sir. I'm not an officer. I'm not even in the armed forces. All right, man, get uh, like, all right, get the men together and prepare. You know, he's yeah. sounds exactly like him. He's really taking on daimyo's voice. Totally. And then a little frog sneaks out of a tube and jumps at him, but he blows it the fuck up with like one <laughs> giant bullet out of this thing. The one like, BPRD guys like, well, we should get a little R and R. He's like, these things aren't taking any vacations, you know, saying like badass one-liners yeah. and shit. <laughs> fully, fully Ramboing. Um, as he spits his cigar out, as yeah. he says that, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, saying like, hey, where's the cleanup crew? Radios are down, and then we look off into the corner, and we see like we hear he won't, and then we see black flame kind of like emerging from the shadows there. It's even creepier than that because he just seems like he's standing there. He's like far away. It's eerie. It's like a pretty effective panel to make him kind of spooky and odd and like he's distant from us. You know, he's not like jumping out like a normal, like uh, like a usual sort of like villain or like like the frogs, like the frogs jump right out at you. And the one and his only line is he you he won't 
is coming off in a sense off panel into yeah. that, the, the panel of Roger and the soldier looking over and then it's just silent. Yeah. Oh, and then before they can even really do anything, Roger just kind of is, you know, senses whatever face and then a huge explosion that like rocks this entire building. <laughs> I mean, it goes all, I love the choice of just going all white. Yeah. On that panel, they express the explosion. Yeah. And then immediately great. the aftermath. Woof. And then it's just decimated. Everybody at the BPRD is you know, reduced to bones. Roger is just like a chunk of torso with Holy like an empty fuck. thing. Yeah. And that's the end. What a fucking, that last three panel yeah. of this, his torso and then close up, close up just to his power source. Yeah. Is. It's like a jaw just dropping. exploded empty. That's the end of chapter two. Damn. We're left with Roger turned into a fucking rock. Yeah. <laughs> He's reduced to just like dust and spices or whatever he's made of. That's it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. That it, it leaves you like just sitting so heavy. Yeah. Woof. It's like that can't be though. Like, yeah. Where's we just Liz? Lost. Touch that. Touch that. Touch that energy or not, source. Because I don't know if I want him to come back with just his that uh, Yeah, that would be pretty horrific. Just in pain. <laughs> so but yeah, then, like, from we what just we can lost see, Roger. Roger's dead. What the fuck? It's fucking crazy. There's so much in these two issues that's just on the table of like mystery and like what's to yeah, come now. For sure. Like Roger's gone. Black flame is now full of flame. What's that all about? <laughs> yeah. We've, we've now had the words Kathahem splurted. There's Liz is getting fucking notes in her sleep, <laughs> coughing up. Abe's clearly not doing his job well. We've known Abe to be a great teammate and he's really getting distracted. Yeah. Kate. Still being cool. We just need more of her. Yeah. She's just doing her thing. Damio's fucking, you know, getting cupped. It's getting cupped <laughs> so over here. So much. Just so much fun. So much. I mean, I honestly like emotion. Like this is probably like an emotional. This is an emotional blow. This ending. I mean, it's a um, wow. it's a wreck. <laughs> I'd hate to read it and have to wait a month. I know. Right. Can you imagine? I like, really take for granted the, my ability to just burn through the stories. Cause like <laughs> I would be, if I was reading that, I'd be like, wow, fuck now I gotta but wait. What's, what's next? <laughs> gotta wait a month. Wow. I really liked the panel where the little frog turned back around like a little doggy. Like, <laughs> I, I love it. I think so. And I, and I like, like Liz, you know, like I feel like Roger's development as a character helps to develop Liz's character helps to for us helps to develop like Johan like everybody's reaction to Roger changing is also interesting and like you say I think you're right it further develops the others to see what their new roles are yeah to like how they react to that um it's interesting and then yeah I think the black flame looks really cool he looks evil as shit I like his a full one of my favorite panels is definitely one is full um, uh, it's like emerging into the black flame. Totally. Yeah, I mean, that's a great panel. It's creepy. I really am like uh, also going back to the chapter one. I don't know why I love this. Um, the first panel that shows the laboratory. It feels very Where's Waldo, and I love that. Yeah, with all it. the little <laughs> all the little researchers like in their hazmat suits and it's i like guy davis is like he he's not over detail he's not a mobius or the guy uh, jeff darrow right but he definitely has his own take on like putting a lot of detail in there yeah this definitely feels like a i mean it's like kirby-esque and how the huge like columns and tubes and all that good stuff and very like shiny too it makes me think of 
like a Kirby kind of bunch of machinery. Yeah, totally. It's neat. I like it. I like it a lot, too. It's very good. And then um, one of my favorite other panels that I absolutely love that really, sadly, right before we lose him, Roger's real badass moment after after lighting up all those fucking frogs. Yeah. Before he gets the cigar is that bottom panel where he's just walking through the flames as the soldiers behind are just fucking lighting them up. Yeah, it is and cool. It's, it's a super cinematic page. Like, I can see the motion of it without, you know, without too much difficulty. Yeah, I agree. These issues flow. There's a lot going on, and they're they're managing to make it flow so yeah, smoothly. A lot of, like, really good movement throughout the whole issue, I think. Uh, and, I mean, of course, that black fame. Yeah. Him just silently standing there so is spooky. terrifying. <laughs> Makes me think of Hereditary with the old mom. Oh, the, yeah. And the first time you see in her. In the room, the, yeah. Yeah, that's Ugh. terrifying. Hated that Whoa. part. Yeah. That, slash loved it. Slash loved it. Yeah. That, yeah. Movie, that movie makes you jump. Yeah. <laughs> and he did a good job making you jump there. For sure. All the creepy, like, people standing in the dark in that movie are, is very successful Spooky in that way. shit. I love that. I mean, and like dialogue wise, I'm I'm just really liking that like they're finding great ways to really they found good humor, I think, with the like dialogue. Not like specifically, but I love the humor in it. Yeah. Of even though there's a like we're in definitely dark times right now. But like the timing in a lot of times with like the interaction between Liz and Damio is really funny. I think all the I think all of the stuff in the office with Pope and the Zinko workers is funny yeah i think at the same time although it's strange and weird and setting it like the wheels turning like scary circumstances but there's still like comedy to it yeah because you're like what the fuck is this thing yeah. and it just fired us yeah this, this version of pope i love that and that moves me right into like just like suggestion segment because i think this has a lot of things that makes me like think of uh that zinco all the zinco stuff makes me think of uh robocop the yeah. original have you ever seen it uh, yeah, it's been probably like 20 years since I've seen it, but I think check it's it out again. underrated as a satire. Yeah, I think it's actually quite genius. And the Zinco stuff makes me really think of all the the um, the the corporate meetings in, in RoboCop that are so funny. And that like one of the my favorite scenes in RoboCop, which was pointed out to me in in college is a total homage to modern times by Charlie Chaplin. Uh -huh. When they first bring in one of those big robots, I can't remember the names of the ones that have two the legs. The one that like shoots up the whole, yeah, yeah shoots up the that's, worker. that's like what I very distinctly remember from yeah, the movie. That's an entire, the way it's shot and the way the machine that runs that robot yeah. is an homage to modern times when they bring oh. in Charlie Chaplin and test this feeding machine on him and it goes haywire. Yeah. It's very cool. I just think the sad, I mean that movie opens with like, commercials and it has a lot yeah. of satire that I think we forget because we remember just the RoboCop and the action and the violence. And but it seems so like a prevalent thing now to like sort of satirize that kind yeah. of stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Paul controversial part, Paul Verhoeven or whatever his name is. Yeah. He's, he done some genius stuff and that's one of them. Sweet. Um, that makes me think of that. Of course I already said Batman, um, by Tim Burton. That sort of reminded me of those. I was thinking, I feel like I had another reference, but I guess I lost it. Oh, I just wanted to say, we, we keep saying Roger, Roger, Rambo Roger. But yeah. his action sequences, this makes me really go like, you should revisit like 80s Schwarzenegger, which I now think it's like, Back in those days, it's like American machismo versus something <laughs> like yeah, predator versus everything. Yeah. It's like American machismo versus an alien. It's great. Yeah. Commando. Uh, great. I think those things you should. Oh, you read. said, you said 
um, Schwarzenegger, not Stallone, though. Yeah, because I think Stallone is a different, different that. Different. I don't animal. think I. That's weird. It's weird to say, but I think First Blood is not that. First Blood is actually a very. Oh, it's like a. I mean, I, a, I think Stallone is a better actor. I would like, give you that. Yeah, I think but, he's really strong. Like he's a pretty underrated. A straight up actor, I think. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, Rocky, he's amazing. Yeah. Rocky's amazing. And First Blood is actually like a commentary versus just a straight up action movie. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. has like a deeper thing. Whereas Predator is just meant to be. It's weird that Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is an, an immigrant from Austria, I believe, I believe he's Austrian, is a full representation in the 80s of America. Oh, of yeah. American like fucking muscle yeah it's crazy <laughs> and stallone is more of a like like weirdly a different a different type of hero not that yeah so that's why i say even oh, though we're know calling what? him rambo i think rambo is different different all, I, i'm all not of saying his, his all acting praise and everything have you ever seen cobra with stallone no i it's know the cover so well funny dude it's so good the first like 20 minutes of that movie are just great <laughs> hilarious action and like, Good to hear. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out, Cobra. Awesome, I love yeah. that. Anything you want to suggest or? It doesn't. It's no. it's not really really related, but I guess the Black Flames suit kind of makes me think of like big metal. And then I re very recently watched The Decline of Western Civilization Part Two: The Metal Years, and it's like just basically a documentary about metal bands in like the late '80s, and it has interviews with like different like with like different people from kiss and from wasp and from poison and like all these metal bands that were big at the time and like alice cooper and it's just even if you don't like metal i think it's a really great documentary in that like it kind of shows you it really like shows you the difference between like bands who were there just to get fucked up and to get laid only and then bands who are there to like, oh, we want to make music and like be work really hard and do this. And like, you can't be a, like, you can't kind of do both things. And like, it shows you kind of every element of like Sunset Strip kind of metal music at the time. And it's really, it's like funny and also kind of sad. And like, some of these dudes are like fucking pathetically sad. <laughs> oh no. And then some are like awesome. Some just like, are great musicians. I don't know. Great musicians. I, I, I watched it. I was like, this is amazing. And there's a reveal in it. One of the people that is interviewed, I don't even want to say what or who, okay. but there's, there's a very obvious reveal when someone is being interviewed, like when it kind of like, pan, like, like pans out and you can kind of see the entire room. Cause this starts off as a very close up shot of this uh -huh. person's face and then reveals. It's one of the hardest like I, I, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen wow. in any movie. So I, I would recommend it. It's, I think it's on yeah, I was gonna ask Amazon you, Prime. Amazon Prime. And yeah. what's it called again? Um, The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years. All right. Yeah. I love it. Is that a female filmmaker that's done that? It is, yeah. and Because I, I think she's on Criteria. I think part one or something is yeah. on, uh, what is her name? Penelope Spheris. Yes. And she's then on she Criterion also directed Wayne's right World. Like I started looking up all the other shit that she was doing, like she, 
directed Wayne's World also in like uh, Suburbia and like The Little Rascals. Like she's oh, got I a bunch that. of movies. Yeah. Can I go it's on really a high neat. horse real quick? Yeah. About the idea film female filmmakers. Yeah. I don't think Hollywood has let us down more than I think us as audiences let us down. And I just say this. As far as like um, highlighting attending? female filmmakers. Yeah. Because I think we are in a great era where we're demanding that there is diversity in our filmmakers in, in, in behind the scenes. Yeah. But I think that we are fucking assholes to think that they haven't been there before. And this is an oh, example yeah. where like, Wayne's World She's is a done female a ton director. Yeah. And we constantly. Wayne's World, she directed Black Sheep. <laughs> like, it's like, she has a ton of movies and I didn't even know her name before this, yeah. uh, before watching that movie. So I And it's like, we bad. should highlight them in addition to demanding there be more. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and like, uh, Criterion, uh, I got the Criterion channel because I'm a fucking film nerd. I love movies. That's great. But like that really has opened my eyes to being going, oh, you fucking idiot. There have been female directors like doing being, this shit. doing it forever. And it's only because we don't because we don't fucking go. They're not Spielberg or they're not this that we don't lift them up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it's on us a little a little more than Holly. Like we need to make Hollywood. We need to show Hollywood we love them. Yeah. So they'll make more. We can't I mean, I just feel like there them. are like camps of people who do, who yes. are like adamantly in love with director, like female directors, but it's like, yeah, they're not household names. That's for sure. Yeah. And I think or a lot of them aren't. We should see more of them. Yeah. We need to be like, and I get they're not all. Penelope's the, fierce, dude. Uh, yeah. She's, that's great. I'm she's glad awesome. you, I was like, I and recognize it's so that. funny. Like it's such a, well done, well edited documentary. It's really cool. It's really uh, cool. I love to hear that. I'm yeah. going to watch it. I'm gonna, maybe I'll watch the whole thing because I think it's on Criterion right now. Cool. Because the yeah. they're like highlighting her work. Cool. I love that. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. Um, we want to hear from you out there listening. We love hearing from you. Um, you can email us at ah crap a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can tell us all about your thoughts on the Black Flame, on anything we discussed on this episode or any prior episode or future episode. We love hearing from you. Again, that is ah crap a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And in addition to that, you can stay up to date on anything we're doing, as well as when episodes drop and anything extra that might pop up. Um, that's on Instagram, ah crap, a Hellboy podcast and Twitter. We're also on which is at ah crap, Hellboy. Um, you can reach out to us as well in those avenues. We tend to only really highlight on the majority of the emails, but you know, we do try our best to respond to you. Um, when you comment on anything on those avenues as well, yeah. we're, we're there. We're actively on there. Um, but we, and we love, uh, communicating with you all out there and we think, we thank you totally uh, we do this for you as much as we do it for ourselves <laughs> uh, but before we walk out of here give our audience a hashtag right hand of draw prompt did i do them as a band yet have i done that i don't think so let's Fuck do them do as it. a band dude <laughs> and if BPRD you have, the band if you have who cares we Fuck repeat BRPD the band bprd the band great yeah i think i want to include in that um you can do it with characters you yes. can do it as them as a full group i love bprd yeah. as a band or what would their solo careers be yeah yeah maybe because i'm seeing like what if hellboy was durasputin playing yeah. some yeah durasputin i love that or hellboy is hellboy a uh a, a, how what is he is a solo act since yeah. he's left the band yeah <laughs> he's gotten darker i love that bprd and hellboy um 
as a band, as a band. musicians love it. It reminds me of a Star Wars shirt I have. Which is? It's just like all of them. You've probably seen it. It's like every every main character as a member of a band. Hold on, dude. You're going to find it? certainly seen this. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I might have. Only shirts I can think of are the big dog T-shirts where, like, the Empire Sick. barks back. <laughs> I've always seen those. Yeah, I don't know. Remember what the Return of the Jedi one was? Return of the Bark, probably. I'm gonna guess. Yeah, they usually just slip Bark in there somewhere for those those cheesy. I don't even know. Are they? Is it wordplay? I don't think those are puns. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't even know. What I mean, Empire it. of the Bark is definitely a pun, or Empire Strikes Bark. Definitely. Empire Strikes Bark is, is a pun. <laughs> it's this where it's like Luke is playing the I've guitar. never seen this. It's hilarious. It's a great shirt. It's wait, cause so it's Luke Skywalker. Take a look guitar. at it. I would um and then Han. What is Han? Is he playing bass or something? I forget. He has a tambourine. I can't tell. He has a tambourine. Lee guitar Chewbacca definitely drums. I get that. Yeah. Uh the the keyboards are definitely R2 and C3PO. I what the I fuck? Think is singing. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be controversial and say that I would put Luke on bass. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you would say that. I or love maybe, it, but I maybe think Luke is playing the bass and Han is playing the he's playing like a flying V guitar. Is that what it is? I think I so. Cannot tell because it looks like Darth Vader's on the guitar, the lead. Maybe he's rhythm. Rhythm, rhythm guitar. Oh, he's the okay. Who I don't know. Controversial. I'm just being silly. But you know what? Or no, Vader's got to be the bass. You think so? I think He's the so. base. So. This is a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but that's great. That's super fun. Very fun. But we want to see your versions of the Mianola verse in their band. Yeah. In their musician explorations. And remember, if you do uh, participate in this week's hashtag right hand or draw or any prior at any time, you can contribute to it. There's no timestamp on it. Um, you can just remember when you post those on Instagram to use the hashtag right hand of draw as well as tag us at all crap a hellboy podcast. Um, cause what we want to do is we want to re repost those. I yeah. couldn't think of the word. Yeah. We want to repost those. So our followers will follow. Uh, we'll see it. They'll praise it and follow you and you'll have more followers and you'll become a famous artist that we can be like, hell yeah, we knew them so back rich. then. It's so rich. So rich so and rich. famous. Get fucking rich off Get your Get rich, art. baby. <laughs> um, but that's it for this week's episode. Uh, back next week for the second part of the Black Flame yeah. uh, series. So we'll see you then. Thank you again for listening. And remember. We love you. Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9 Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown, featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.